All right, welcome to the last United of 2016. Everybody say, aw. Oh, yeah, it's sad, but we'll be back January 8th. January 8th, we'll kick off the spring, and we'll have uh, free food, and uh, we'll have a panel night like we did last year, so it'll be a fun night. Um, So keep that in mind. But until then, besides life groups this Wednesday, we have nothing. Um, So have a great Christmas, and... uh, we will, uh, we will see you in a couple weeks after, after tonight. But we are closing out the, uh, the series, School, Home, and the Gospel, tonight. And uh, the first couple weeks, uh, we, we kind of talked about how the gospel changes everything. That's the whole point of this series, how the gospel, the good news of Jesus coming down to earth, changes every single part of our lives, even school. And so the first week I talked about how... Um, We should live our life to the glory and to glorify God and how Jesus gave us his best so we should be giving our best in turn. Cole talked last week about how there are no little things to God, how everything matters, how especially how our small things in our life or the things that we think are small uh, put us in a direction and they either put us towards Jesus or away from Jesus. And so when you think, oh, that's just a little thing like cheating or skipping or it's just one night or it's just one event, those things matter and they change the direction and the trajectory of our life. And tonight we're gonna talk about what the gospel, what the good news of Jesus has to do with us and the way that we think of others, the way that we treat others and our relationships. Because we know we have a lot of relationships, friendships, interactions with people at school on a day-to-day basis. And so uh, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So um, let's pray again um, for God to focus our hearts, and then we will, uh, we will get started. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for loving us. I pray that you'd focus each of us on you, that we'd hear from you, that we wouldn't hear from our neighbor or hear from our phone or hear from what's coming up later or what happened earlier today, but that we would just focus on you and hear from you. We love you, Lord. We thank you for loving us. Everybody said Amen. Amen. So here's the question um, we want to answer tonight. Here's the question we want to answer tonight. What does the gospel have to do with who I hang out with and what I think of others? What does the gospel have to do with who I hang out with and what I think of others? And there are notes on the seat backs in front of you. There's pins in the middle. So we'd love for you to, to take notes and write this down. What does the gospel have to do with who I hang out with and what I think of others. Because the truth is, the truth is, as human beings, we notice differences. We are very good at noticing the differences, the the way people are different from us, the way um, people are the same as us, the way, like, when we walk into a room, we automatically notice if we're the only person that looks a certain way in the room. Or if there's one other person that looks uh, a way that no one else looks. Uh, if, we, if we are dressed differently than everybody, we notice that. If we see somebody walk into a room, they're dressed differently than everybody else, we notice that. If we, if we see someone a different age as everybody else walk into a room, we notice that. Because we just notice differences. I, I read about a study where scientists looked at, at, at um, the way the mind thought. And so they would put these, these faces in front of people. All different kinds of faces, different races, and all that kind of stuff. And they said the first thing people notice is the difference is the first thing they noticed was gender and uh, the first thing they noticed was race. And, and the truth is that our minds just kind of go that direction. We think and we notice differences between us and other people. It's a natural thing. God has made us very different and made everybody with different minds, different personalities, different uh, 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 characteristics and all of that. And that is good. But a lot of times we allow differences to get in between us. And, uh, and I don't think it's a... a by, by chance, um, that, that I happened to do what I did last week um, before speaking this message. Because I, was, uh, I spent the week at, at Fletcher High School, and we did Challenge Day. I did it three days in a row, and I took a bunch of the, the staff members uh, from Beach and a lot of our life group leaders, and we all just kind of served uh, as kind of the adult facilitators at Challenge Day. And some of you know what it is. Some of you don't. Some of you have been to it. Some of you haven't. But um, essentially what it is is it's a program that goes into schools, 
And the whole point of it is kind of to deal with uh, the emotions within us and deal with the way that we interact with other people um, socially and, and the way that we treat other people, the way other people treat us, and to kind of, um, kind of break down some walls and all that kind of thing. It's an amazing program. I love it. I'm full support of it, and, I, and that's why I've done it so much over the years. Um, but, uh, but Challenge Day really, um, once again, reiterated the differences between all of us. When we walk into a room, we automatically notice a lot of things. We notice the differences in race. As I sat in that room over the, over the last uh, three days of last week, and I saw about 300 different students come in, I noticed that there are a, a wide variety of races in our schools. There are a wide variety of nationalities in our schools. There are a wide variety of sexual orientations in our school. There's a wide variety uh, of, of, of the way people dress in our schools and of styles in our schools and the way people think in our schools. And as we would get into these small family groups, I would hear the way people thought, and it was very different. We all have these major, major differences. And I also saw I also saw that so many people struggle with the same things. We've talked about this before. It's not like humans just struggle with like, there's like one human struggling with something and nobody else struggles with it. Generally, we all struggle with a lot of the same things, with acceptance and with, uh, with people hurting us and with us hurting other people. And, and, and you get to see as you, as you kind of uh, do some of the exercises in Challenge Day how, how different we are but how alike we are in a lot of the, a lot of the ways uh, that we live our lives. But so much... So much uh, hurt has come because of people being different than others and treating each other the wrong way because of those differences. And we think sometimes, oh, it's only today. It's, it's as bad as it's ever been. It really, it's really not. Yeah, yeah, under the surface, there's some really, some really bad things going on. In other nations, there's some really bad things going on based on differences. And so I don't want to discredit that. But in, in the first century, when Jesus was born, um, he came into a world that was far, far more segregated than our world is today. He came into this world, so he came into the Middle East in the first century under Roman rule, and he's in Israel, and he's born, and that's what we're celebrating on December 25th. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus, which didn't happen on December 25th, but that's when we celebrate it, and we're celebrating him coming into the world. And this world that he came into was broken. This world that he came into was full of people that were different from each other and segregated themselves from each other based on those differences. Whatever those differences might have been, much the way we still do today. And so when Jesus was born, uh, he was born in this, in this, in this uh, nation uh, called Israel. And Israel had um, a temple. And the temple was uh, not, not necessarily immune to these differences. They, they, they actually embraced the differences between people um, and segregated people more almost than anywhere else. Um, they had, uh, in the temple, they had um, this outside court in the temple. And what that temple, wa- or what that court was for, was for the Gentiles. And so anybody that wasn't a Jewish person, here's a picture over here, but anybody that wasn't a Jewish person, they were called Gentiles, they would all have to stay out here. They couldn't even go in. Because if you weren't one of us, well, you're different than us. And you have to stay on the outside. Well then, what if you were a Jewish person? Well, if you were a Jewish person, but you were a woman, well, all you could do was go here because they separated women from men. And so there was a courtyard for just the Jewish women. There were even places where where certain people um, with with certain illnesses and stuff could go because, well, you were different than everybody else, so we gotta separate you out. And then men, they could go into this inner courtyard, but only priests could go all the way in. 
And then only one priest on one day a year could go into God's presence in the Holy of Holies. See, Jesus was born into a world that was very segregated. In fact, he was born into a world where if people touched each other, they were automatically unclean. If you touched someone who was sick, you were basically sick. If you, if you, if you touched someone that was different than you or a different nationality than you, you were basically made unclean. But it wasn't just the Jewish people. Often, often these kingdoms they'd go through, and, and as you guys, you've probably done history, you know about the Greeks and the Romans and the Babylonians and all that kind of stuff, the Persians, they would go through and they'd conquer people, and many of them would do this thing where they would, um, they would try to make people like them. See, they didn't like differences, did they? So they would go through, and if you were different than them, they'd either kill you or they'd make you the same as them. And so they'd go through, and, they, and we, see this, um, we see this with the Babylonians. They took all these Jewish boys, and they said, hey, we like you. So we're going to give you new names. We're going to give you new languages. We're going to give you new clothes. We're going to give you new customs and new, uh, new culture. And you're just going to be just like us because we don't want differences. You've got to all be the same. See, this is a world where differences were not celebrated. And this is what Jesus was born into. There was slavery everywhere. And I know we have a lot of slavery today. It's kind of a different kind of slavery. But slavery was a common thing in basically every culture in this time. There were people that were less than other people. And in uh, many societies, not just in the Jewish society, but in many societies, women and children were thought of as less than men. Oh, yeah, you're a human, but you're, you're just a woman or you're just a child. And that was, that was the, the, the era, that was the culture that Jesus was born into. So this little baby comes into the world. And he's in this, this craziness of segregation, this craziness of, of diversity and, and, and differences where people could not combine with other people. But Jesus came to change that. The gospel changes everything. It changes the way we treat other people, especially the way we treat people that are different than us. So turn over to Matthew 8. Matthew 8, and if you don't have a Bible, uh, we'll put it up on the screen. Matthew 8, and we're going to look at verse 5. We're going to look at this one interaction between Jesus and somebody Else. And so it's Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. So it says this When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion, now what a centurion was, was a Roman like general, an officer, a military officer, he came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, My servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Now, based on the world that Jesus lived in, he should have reacted this way. Hey, man, I'm sorry. Yeah, I could heal him, but uh, listen, you're Roman. I'm a Jew. You know, we don't really mix. Um, you kind of believe things I don't believe, so eh, we don't really mix. Um, you kill people. I save people, so that doesn't really work. And um, yeah, but this, just, this relationship isn't going to work, Mr. Roman soldier. So I'm going to have to ask you to just walk away. I'm going to go my separate way. Hey, no offense, but I'm not going to help you. That was kind of the world that they lived in. But we don't see that. And the way Jesus reacts, here is how he reacts. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? And the centurion replies, it's like the centurion's kind of uncomfortable with this situation. He's not comfortable with the fact that they're so different and that they are actually interacting with each other. And even though Jesus is like, yeah, sure, okay. He's like, oh, oh I didn't really see it going this way. I came to ask you for help, but I didn't know that you were going to help me. And he, he, he says this, 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 this revealing line. He says, Lord, I do not even deserve to have you come under my roof. Here's what he's saying. We're different. We're supposed to be separated. You shouldn't even come in my house. I know what things are like. It was, it was against the law for this Jewish rabbi, Jesus, to go into the house of a Gentile, a person that wasn't part of Israel. He would have been unclean. He would have had to do all these cleansing rituals. And it wasn't, it wasn't a good deal. And so the, the centurion knows this. And he says, hey, we shouldn't, 
we shouldn't do this. Why shouldn't they do this? Because they were different races. They were different nationalities. They served different leaders. They had a different view of the world. One said, I'm going I'm to destroy the world for, for, the, for the Roman Empire. And the other one said, well, I'm going to save the world. They had very different viewpoints of society, of the world. Their religion was even different. The, the Romans believed in all these pagan gods, like tons of gods, and they had all these idols. And they actually thought the Jews were just ridiculous and, and, and stupid because they were like, you believe in a God that you can't see? And wait, and you don't have anything to pray to? When you go to the temple, there's nothing in there? What are you thinking? Like, you guys are morons. You are so lost, and you believe in this magical God. And, like, the Romans looked down on the Israelites. But the Israelites, they looked down on the Romans because they were like, you pray to a, a statue? You don't have a God that can lead you out of a nation, that can do miracles, that you can, 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 can walk before you in a, in a cloud and to, can speak to you? That's not your God. You just have these statues? And they thought... They, they thought, they didn't see eye to eye at all with religion. And so, that's the situation going on. And the centurion says, hey, you don't even have to come under my house, under my roof. He says, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority. What he was saying is I have a boss and I have a bunch of people that I lead, that I'm the boss for. He said, I have soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes. I tell this one come and he comes. I, tell, I say to my servant, do this and he does it. What he's saying is, I recognize, Jesus, that you have authority over a lot, including sickness. So you can make this happen. You just got to say the word, Jesus. You don't have to come to my house. What he was showing was this, this faith in the power of Jesus. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. I want to focus on verse 11 and 12 a little bit, because what Jesus is doing here, and we may just like kind of run past it because we don't really understand it, but he is revealing his plan. He's revealing the difference between a segregated, separated world and his kingdom. See, here's what he says. And notice he says it to those following him, the people around him, these other Jewish people. And he's like, hey guys, listen to this. There are gonna be people coming from the east, from Asia, from the Philippines, from Australia. There's gonna be people coming from the West, from North America, from Africa, from Europe. There are gonna be people coming from all over to get into this feast, this kingdom of God, of Abraham, Isaac. And this is what the people would have thought. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Okay, you, you went far enough when you talked to the guy, but you cannot invite him to the kingdom of God because that's not for you to do. This is just for us. Anyone different can't come in. No Others allowed. Some of y'all might have had like a fort when you were growing up and it said like if you were a boy, it said no girls allowed. If you were a girl, it said no boys allowed. That's kind of what they're saying here. Hey, Jesus, this is for not, not for outsiders, just for us. It's only for us. You're crazy, Jesus. You can't say this. But Jesus makes a very, very, very important point. He says, people are gonna come from everywhere in my kingdom. People are gonna be allowed in that weren't allowed in prior to this. All races, all nationalities, all belief systems um, will be kind of conquered by belief in me and following after me. And so, sounds like rain. So, so everybody from all kinds of different places on the earth with all kinds of differences are gonna end up in this place. And then he makes a point to say to the Jewish people that are actually probably disagreeing with him at this point, 
And he says, you know, there's actually going to be some people right here that think you're in on this and that think that no one else is allowed in. And you might be on the outside looking in because you are too proud and you don't understand what my kingdom is all about. Here's the point of tonight. Since Jesus came for all people, it means we are to do the same. Write that down. Since Jesus came for all people, it means we are to do the same. Since Jesus came for all people, it means we are to do the same. What he was doing here is revealing his plan. He says, I'm going to be for all people, guys. And if you don't like it, you might not be cut out for the kingdom of heaven because this is for all people that come to me. Do we not remember the verse, John three sixteen, which even people that don't believe in Jesus know? For, all, or, or for God so loved the world, world, everyone in it, that who? Who? Whosoever. That means that anyone who believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. See, Jesus said, I came for all people. I don't care if you're a different race. I don't care if you're a different nationality. I don't care if you prior to this had a different belief system. I don't care what you were born into. I don't care if you're rich. I don't care if you're poor. I don't care if you're, you're smart. I don't care if you're dumb. I don't care if you're a, a blue-collar worker or a white-collar worker. I don't care if you're a slave or if you're free. All people can be a part of my kingdom. And so now we have to get down to us. We know what Jesus came for. We know that we are supposed to be like Jesus. What about us? What about us in our schools? Because remember what we talked about the first week? School is like the one place where you can't control who's with you, can you? You go to school, and anybody that's your age that's in a certain neighborhood comes to. We got all different races, all different sexual orientations, all different ages between ninth and 12th grade. We've got some who are smart. We've got some who aren't so smart. We have athletes. We have non-athletes. We have uh, uh, musicians. We have actors. We have actresses. We, we have all these different kinds of people. We have some people that dress a certain way and some that dress another way, and they all come together into this one place into this one place and whether we like it or not we have to interact with them and we have to associate with them and we can either we can either separate ourselves as the rest of the people in this story did and the rest of the people in the world at this time and the rest of the people today do or we can be like Jesus and go to all people because he came for all people. So I want, you to, I want you to focus in on this part for a second. I want you to focus in. I want you to think about your friend group. I want you to think about your friend group. Think about your friend group. If you need to close your eyes, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to think about the people that are in your circle. And I want you to just think about what they look like, how they dress, what they believe, how they talk, where they come from. And I want, you to, I want you to notice something. A lot of our, our groups, this may not be all of you, but a lot of our groups are pretty similar, which is okay. It's okay. to We, we naturally go to people that are like us, right? That, that's, a, that's not the problem. But I want you to also think about the people that aren't in your group. Maybe it's a certain race that's not a part of your friend group. Maybe it's a certain way that someone dresses, maybe it's a certain way that someone talks, maybe it's a certain group of people that that everybody at your school calls by a certain term. I've heard the terms before. One one of the most, probably one of the saddest things and one of my biggest prayer requests is that in our schools, when it comes to our students, 
that we wouldn't use these terms to define people that we think, oh, they're different than us. And you may say, oh, well, well I don't, I'm, I'm nice to them. Well, if you use the term, then you have a certain way of thinking. And you know the term for your school, what you call the people that hang out in the courtyard or, or, or in a certain area of your school, and they dress a certain way, and you say, oh, they're just not my people. Why? Why aren't they your people? Because they look different? Because they act different? Oh, so we can only go and tell people about Jesus that look like us. Is that right? If they look like you, if they're your friend, I'll talk to them, but, but maybe, not, maybe not that guy. I'll let someone else deal with them. Here's the point. Jesus came for all people. He came for the people that look nothing like you. And so who are we to say, I'm just going to invite these people. Now, now I want you to do something. It's going to really challenge you. I want you to look around. And you don't have to talk to somebody to look around. I want you to look at the person left and right of you. Look down your aisles. Look down your rows. And I want you to notice what you see. And I'll tell you what I see. Because I'm up here and I can see everybody. And I've been working here for four years. And I've been a part of this student ministry since I was in high school. I see a lot of the same. I see a lot of people that look the same. I see a lot of people that believe the same things. I see a lot of people that have the same sexual orientation. I see a lot of people that dress the same. I see a lot of people that come from similar families. I see a lot of people that are in the same friend groups. What do we we call this service? United. Huh. I wonder, I wonder if we're as united as we think we are. I wonder if maybe, maybe we just, we just unite middle school and high school and we say, oh, that's united. Eh, not really. United should be, should be including of all races, of all nationalities, even of other people from other religious systems. I think sometimes we think, oh, I can't ask them. They're Jewish. They're Muslim. They're atheists. Why? Why can't you invite them into the fold? If they don't come, they don't come. But why can't we have a room full of people that come from other religious systems and they're just coming and they're curious? Or maybe they just feel loved and involved and they're like, eh, I'll try it out. Why not? Why, why do we have to assume, oh, that they're not going to be interested? Or, or they, they can't come here? Why do we put up these, these borders between us? Why, why do we segregate ourselves from other people? And schools are a very divided place. And if schools are divided, then the rest of our lives are going to be very divided. But the church, this student ministry has an opportunity to not be that way. I'm going to show you one more scripture. It's in Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, verse 11 through 14. And it says this. Here, here there is no Gentile or Jew. There's no circumcised or uncircumcised. There's no barbarian or Scythian. There's no slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. In other words, in Christ, in the church, in God's kingdom, what you look like and your differences do not matter anymore. Because we are one. In Christ, And he says, because of that, this is what I want you to do. Therefore, as God's chosen people, so he's talking to Christians here, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if you have a grievance against someone. Forgive one another if you have a, maybe, difference with someone. Forgive as the Lord Forgave you, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. We say that the gospel changes everything. 
Well, the gospel should most definitely, most definitely change our relationships. It should most definitely change the people who we hang out with. It should most definitely change what we think when we see those people. When we walk into the courtyard, when we walk into the gym, when we walk into our classroom, when we see people, and we automatically just think certain things because of what they're wearing and the way they look and the way they they act or they speak and who they hang, hang out with. And we automatically make these assumptions. And we all do it. I've done it plenty of times. So we've got to be honest with ourselves. And we've got to start to look at the way we're thinking and treating other people or what we're allowing to be said by our friends about those same people. Because what Jesus says is, I made you all different, but you are all equal. And I came for all people. For God so loved the world that he sent his son, that whosoever would come to him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So what is it for you? Who is the person that you need to begin to reach out to that's maybe a little bit different than you. And I'm not saying you say, hey man, you should come to United and then walk away. I'm saying you actually build a relationship. In, in, uh, in February, I think we're gonna start a series and you'll hear more about it in Big Church called Everyone Has One. And it's gonna be all about the fact that we all know people that need to know Jesus and that don't know Jesus right now. And they're in our lives every single day. And here's what we have to ask ourselves, specifically within this night. Are we inviting people who look different than us to United, who act differently than us to United? Are we inviting people that believe different things to United? Or are we just bringing the people we're comfortable with from our little circle? And not that those people don't matter, but we've got to begin to reach out across these segregated borders that the world makes up and that our mind makes up and actually reach out to people that are different than us. Are we truly extending the gospel to all people or just people that look like you? That's a, that's a hard question to answer. Do you only reach out to people who look like you? Because if that happens, then we're leaving a whole lot of people out, right? We're leaving a whole lot of people out of the kingdom. And what did Jesus say? They're going to come from the east and the west. They're going to come from everywhere to come dine with me. We all remember like the old, the old, the old song. We grew up with it. Whether or not you came, grew up in church, you know the song. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. We sang it and then somehow we forgot it. And we went out into our lives and we say, well, Jesus loves the people that look like me. I know that. And so I'm gonna reach out to them. And this is a hard message. I know, I know. You're, you're like, oh, Christmas. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm a terrible person. I, this, is, this is not meant to, to, to make you feel bad. This is meant to make you challenge your way of thinking. Because I saw a whole bunch of people at challenge day step across lines for when they've been mistreated because of the way their body looks, whether they're too fat or too skinny, because of their skin color, because of what they believe or what they're attracted to. And why does that happen? Because people like you and me and people all over the world treat people differently because they're different. And so here's something I want you to begin to do. And it's just four steps and I'm just gonna go through them quickly. One, I want you to begin to pray. Two, I want you to begin to invest in this person or this people group that you're thinking about. Three, I want you to invite. Now, invite doesn't just mean invite them to unite. It might mean inviting them to a fun event. It might mean inviting them to your house. It might mean inviting them to lunch. It might mean inviting them to life group. It might mean inviting them to a conversation or to to share your story with them. And then number four, you just repeat and you just keep on doing it until that person comes to know Jesus. You keep on doing it until that person is no longer in your life. And it starts 
with prayer. We have to pray for God to lead us to the people that I was just talking about tonight. And for some of you, it may be someone of another race, but for some of you, it may be someone who's in another friend group or someone who does some things on the weekend that you don't agree with or someone that, 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 that speaks a certain way or believes something about politics or believes something uh, about, about marriage and, and, and you're just like, well, I don't agree with that. And then you just say, well, well I'm just going to walk away from you and just deal with other people. No, we have to, we have to come for all people. 